BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Badlands Podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is proudly part of the Chairshot Radio Network. I am Mags, and uh, unfortunately, with uh, with Britain recently going into uh, a national lockdown again because of COVID, uh, it means uh, Mr. Toller is unavailable for this recording, uh, but he's the one who who misses out on the amazing guest that I've got today. Someone who's uh, podcast I was on uh, really recently, and uh, it's uh, it was it's my honour to uh, to pay him back the 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 honour of going on to his show. It's uh, from the the Call Up Wrestling Podcast, uh, Metal Markle himself. Markle, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Mags. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Absolutely not a problem. A long, long time coming. Uh, the thing with this show is it's it's just took on a world of its own, uh, and the, I, I don't know what I've done or what me and Paul have done to, to make it so popular, but just the amount of people who, who are wanting to come on this show, and I feel so bad for having people to wait so long. But, yeah, I'm, so, I'm glad that we've finally got to the point where uh, we've got you on the show, and I think we've... Uh, We've picked a really fun topic as well uh, to to uh, talk about. But before that, um, tell us about your uh, your podcast, the the, the Call Up Wrestling Podcast. Um, how did that start? What's it about? Uh, where people can find it? Okay, well, the Call Up Wrestling Podcast started because as I was uh, in, on social media and following certain people, you find out they have their own podcasts and they're discussing things that you know, we all enjoy. So I started getting into several different podcasts. Of course, there was always the major ones that I was uh, into at first, but then it branched off into the independent areas. And I just felt like I wish I could be doing this with these people, the podcasters that I'm listening to. I wish that I could be discussing pro wrestling with them. I've got a lot of takes on wrestling. I love pro wrestling. I want to share it with everybody. And that's how the call up was created was because uh, the call-up in general was not just a res- wrestling reference, but it was also to say, like, okay, I want to talk to all the wrestling fans in the wrestling community. Whether you're a podcaster or a writer 
or a content creator. It doesn't matter. But if you love pro wrestling, there can be great conversations that come out of that. And that's how I came up with the concept of the call-up. And uh, it's been going on for over a year now. And uh, I consider it what I, I like to say it's the podcast with no time limit because be prepared. Some of these conversations can go on. We go, we don't have a time limit. We go into the deepest discussions. There's no time limit. So you can go further into the conversation. And that's what I love about my podcast. And just like I said, be prepared because it's like the Iron Man of all podcasts because it is going to go past the time limit. And uh, I'm very proud of it. I'm, I'm, like I said, Mags, I was honored to have you on there for the uh, the AEW review that we did last year, a few months ago. And so it's just like I've got a bucket list of people that I would just love to talk to. I've been following your work for a while now, Mags, and it's an honor to be here. And I want to say, if you are looking for the call-up, it's available on all the major platforms. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor among other places, of course. So uh, it's not that hard to find. And uh, like I said, it's the call-up uh, wrestling podcast. Yep. Uh, listeners, definitely go and uh, check out Michael's uh, podcast. It's, it's, it's The thing I, I enjoy about it the most is it's, it's there's so much positivity comes out of it, but it's never with um, uh, an overlying sense of bias. Uh, Michael is, is certainly not afraid to call out something that, that kind of doesn't hit the mark with him, but he also praises uh, the stuff that he enjoys to the hills, and I think that, that really resonates with me. That's the kind of mindset that, that I have towards uh, professional wrestling, and I think that's uh, that's why I really resonated towards the call. And, yeah, if you get the opportunity to be a guest on that show, honestly, grab it by a... Grab it by uh, both horns because it's it's such a fun time and yeah, I can't wait to to have a return visit to the call up. Well, you know, you're welcome anytime, Mags. And uh, it's just there's so many people that I want to get around to discussing pro wrestling mm-hmm. with, but it's like I said, the fact that we were able to work it out that you came on the show and just I I'm looking forward to you coming back as well. I mean, there's there's no reason that we can't find a, a way to get you back on there. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Michael, since this is, this is the first time you've uh, you've appeared on Badlands, hopefully the first of many, um, what we like to do is uh, is get the Mount Rushmore of, of greatest wrestlers of all time from every guest and and our resident accountant Paul when he's uh, when he's back from his uh, his exodus, uh, he collates all the the uh, the numbers and and gives us like a definitive kind of Mount Rushmore from all the guests that we've had. I think currently it stands at. Um, We've got Flair, Austin, uh, The Rock, and and Hogan and Undertaker vying for that fourth place. But who are the four uh, wrestlers who uh, really resonate with you and, and a little bit of an explanation why each wrestler makes that cut? Well, first off, it's a very uh, interesting uh, subject that you would ask, who are your favorite four wrestlers that would be the Mount Rushmore? What an interesting question because there's so many great wrestlers that have come and gone mm-hmm. or been a part of the sport so I do have a few picks for you, and uh, some of them you may be surprised at, but let me go with my personal picks here. Uh, I want to start off, my number one is Stone Cold Steve Austin, so I don't mind sharing that with the rest of the uh, people that have picked him because as a when I became a wrestling fan as a teenager, it was mainly because of the waves that Stone Cold was making on Monday Night Raw and you know mm-hmm. people talking about it in school, and I wanted to check it out. And so I was getting into pro wrestling at the end of 97, going into 98, and that was the time where Stone Cold was really kicking off like red hot. 
And so uh, it's just very personal to me. I mean, not only did he help bring that the the pro wrestling business to such a a, a big level of popularity. I mean, I, I really give him direct um, credit for all the popularity that we saw during the Attitude Era, during the most successful years of pro wrestling during the Monday Night Wars. So, uh, like, it's, it's very personal to me, not just because he's from Texas and I'm from Texas. There's <laughs> lots of great reasons. Of course, you know, you probably heard a lot of them. So that would be my number one. And would you it's like a, me to go? Yeah, go, ahead. go for it. It's a, it's a great first pick. Uh, really sets the bar high. All right. Well, uh, are you ready for my second pick? Let's do it. All right. Well, this one, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm hoping some other people have picked this guy. But Bret Hart would be my number two. Because I've always been a fan of the work rate wrestlers. The guys that will give you a great match, great storytelling. And to me, the first person that really brought my love of technical wrestling was uh, Bret Hart. And of course, that was during the 90s as well. But it was something about that. He always had the best matches. Uh, there was something very intriguing about the way Bret Hart handled himself, especially during that time where like he was the hero in Canada and all around the world, but he was hated in America. But nevertheless, you were always going to get your best match of your career with Bret Hart at the time when he was wrestling. And so I feel very comfortable saying that he's my number two. It's a, it's a great pick. And one of the, the stories of the uh, the definitive Mount Rushmore is, is not necessarily the 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 guys vying for the top place. It's actually the the Montreal screw job because um Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels are so close in the number of votes that every time uh one of them gets a vote we 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 kind of like bring it up because we we've got our own little uh little storyline going on there with them. So it's a, a great pick. I think that pushes Bret Hart um a little bit further ahead of Shawn Michaels now. So yeah, let's go on to your third pick. Okay, my third pick, and uh, spoiler alert, I'd realized after I made these picks that I'm leaning heavily towards the Canadian wrestlers here, but <laughs> my third pick is Chris Jericho. And I, I don't know if it's controversial or not, Mags, but Chris Jericho has been around for decades now, all right? And he has not only been successful at every turn of his career, but he's managed to keep himself relevant and interesting and entertaining all along the way, it's kind of, I say he's got the Midas touch. Everything he does seems to uh, become a success, whether it's at the commentary or uh, on a promo or having a great match. He's, he's done it all. In fact, I would say he might be even more successful in his, this later phase of his career, working with New Japan and AEW with his uh, rock band, all of the above, that I believe Chris Jericho is a great representative of what a, a great pro wrestler should be. Yeah, and for all those reasons you stated, he was my, uh, he's always been my number one pick for the, the greatest wrestlers of all time. Uh, what that guy can do with in the ring and a, a microphone, I think uh, nobody else has, has been able to do it. Like you said, he kept himself relevant for over 30 years. He's still at the top of his game right now. Uh, selling millions and millions of albums with his band. I think whatever he turns his hand to, uh, he's uh, able to to make a, a success of. So, yeah, that's a, an outstanding pick. He's kind of dropped off from the, the main pack of uh, of guys at the chasing for the, the, the definitive. But, yeah, um, for me, he'll always be number one. Uh, but, yeah, let's get your let's get your final pick. Okay, uh, the final pick, it's uh, Kenny Omega. 
because Kenny Omega has brought my love of pro wrestling to another level. In fact, when I was getting back into pro wrestling, uh, it was Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada from Wrestle Kingdom 11 Mm -hmm. that really brought my love of pro wrestling to another level. I always loved the guys that had these fantastic five-star matches. I always loved that even as a a teenager and always as a wrestling fan. So this being my first time seeing New Japan pro wrestling for the first time and being that it was Kenny Omega and and, and Okada was just uh, incredible, mind-blowing experience. And since then, I feel like Kenny Omega has done so much great work in ring in, in his career, even if you just count the last several years. I believe he's done enough and had so many amazing matches and moments that I feel like it's fair to say that he should be on some type of Mount Rushmore of pro wrestlers. Mm-hmm. The I, best I bout agree. machine. I, I agree. Uh, I think the fact that he still hasn't finished his career and, he, and we've still got many more years of, of Kenny to go just proves how how much of a, a talent he is that he gets so many uh, people's votes for, for being on the Mount Rushmore, and yet his career's not over. It's uh, Or it's at least not in, in its decline. I mean, the, the matches with Okada are absolutely legendary. I, I will always state that I think Okada versus Omega 4 is the closest to a perfect wrestling match that I've seen in in my 30-plus years of watching wrestling. Yes, and looking back, and when we say in the future, looking back, I think Kenny Omega will also be recognized as part of the core group of guys that helped create and start All Elite Wrestling. And not many people can say that, that they started their own professional wrestling company. And then, you know, I, I understand some people just really don't like Omega because they hear so much praise about him, but he does back it up in the ring. And you can look at the top 10 wrestling matches of the year, from 2020 and see that he ranks in multiple matches. And yeah. it, like I said, it just speaks for itself. Um, in, in the, in the top rank um, uh, matches of all time, uh, according to uh, Dave Meltzer's uh, star rating, he's in, he's in about, I think eight of the top 10 that just shows how, how talented uh, this guy is. Yes. He's a uh, kind of a reinvented um, pro wrestling as far as like what is possible in the mm-hmm. storytelling as well as, what you can do. And uh, I don't think anybody can come close to recreating a lot of the things that he's done. And I think the, the kind of uh, the bullet point to uh, Kenny's career is the fact that he's been able to do it without needing to go to the WWE without needing to, to be uh, on what people call the biggest wrestling company in, in the world. He's been able to, to forge this uh, legendary career away from, from the, the, the biggest promotion out there yeah that's very true and i think a lot of that could you could say it's due to social media you could say that wrestlers don't need that big uh platform anymore of the wwe to be successful in this uh industry so i definitely you know respect kenny omega for doing it his own way but like i said his work speaks for itself and uh i i don't mind telling people how great he is because i i just like i said if it if it brought my love of pro wrestling to another level, I would love to introduce somebody else to that. And so they could experience it for themselves. Can you imagine, I don't know about you, Mags, but can you imagine somebody seeing a Kenny Omega match for the first time and seeing that, that uh, brilliance? 
the, just the, the the way he's able to tell a story, the way he's able to do uh, moves that a normal man would never be able to do. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think showing people who had never been into wrestling the Okada versus uh, Omega uh, quadrilogy of matches is a perfect way to show just the showcase the very best of what wrestling can be. Yeah, and just one more thing about Kenny Omega. I mean, just look at the the amazing main events that he's had with Okada. Two of them going uh, to uh, basically an hour in length. And mm-hmm. I think after that point, it was so incredible that I I don't think anybody else has attempted an hour long Iron Man match since uh, Omega went an hour, went to the time limit draw, all of that. You know, it's it's so. Like I said, I, I, it's so crazy that people wouldn't even try to recreate what Kenny Omega's done. Now it's like, okay, well, he did it, so let's just move on and do something else because nobody's going to come close <laughs> to what he yeah. created. Exactly. The, the, he set the bar so high that it's not even worth attempting to, to, to better it. Yes. It's just, it's just one of my favorite – it's definitely my favorite wrestler currently in the in – the, in the modern generation, which there's a lot of great wrestlers, but it's just very personal to me that mm-hmm. it created a, a new love for pro wrestling that I didn't know was possible. It's like, it's a passion that you have for pro wrestling. You love it, but you've seen so much of it a- after a certain point of time, you kind of feel like been there and done that. So it's really mm-hmm. incredible when something like that reignites your passion and creates a new avenue for you to experience pro wrestling through a, a, a new way. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc well i think you've done um a a, a very very admirable mount rushmore for um greatest wrestlers there uh, michael let's let's get into this main topic now though uh we uh picked the the mount rushmore of royal rumble matches um so you took a really unique kind of a uh approach to uh doing the research for this uh show something that i i haven't seen anybody else uh do when uh, they've uh, been guessing on Badlands. You actually took your your views to social media. Tell us about how uh, how you researched uh, your picks for the Royal Rumble. Well, when you told me that we would be uh, picking our favorite Royal Rumbles, well, what I realized was that because I had been a lapsed fan, I was a wrestling fan in the in the the late nineties and into the two thousands. But then once Stone Cold and The Rock and all those guys started to drift away. I, I'd also drifted away, just like millions of fans did. And then it was just touch and go here and there. 
And I didn't fully come back to pro wrestling until the end of, I want to say 2016. So that means there are a ton of Royal Rumbles that I had not seen. So then I said, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start binging these Royal Rumbles, starting with my favorite, the one that I remember the most, and moving forward. And so that's what I did. And I, I was, what I was going to do was live tweet my thoughts as I was watching these because I was feeling so nostalgic and having so many great feelings and enjoying these moments again, uh, starting with like the 1998 Royal Rumble. And so I, you know, I tagged you and said, hey, I'm going to be live tweeting some Royal Rumbles. And uh, I was hoping some other people would join in. But here's where we hit a snag, Mags, because once you binge several Royal Rumbles in a row, you realize that, okay, uh oh, I wanted to live tweet this Royal Rumble, but this is boring. This is terrible. <laughs> they are not, I mean, from year to year, the Royal Rumbles vary in consistency. And that's what you find the more you watch through them. And I was, so I was live tweeting one of them and I was like, okay, guys, this is terrible. And I, you know, I don't, I, you know, since there's 30 Royal Rumbles, if I'm really trying to watch a little bit of all of them, I can't waste my time on 20 to 30 minutes of mid carters clinging to the top rope, just trying not to get eliminated, waiting for somebody like Kane or the rock or stone cold to come in and throw them out. So, you know, it's, there's varying levels, but then there's also some amazing Royal Rumbles, and I'm really glad that you picked that topic of uh, the Mount Rushmore of Royal Rumbles because I got to experience some that I had never seen before that I, I've just had a great time. It was a really nice experiment, and you find out a lot about the Royal Rumbles because you think um, this Royal Rumble is just a, such a basic format, and they repeat it year after year, okay? Mm -hmm. And so how do you keep that innovative? How do you keep it fresh? How do you keep people coming back? And you find out, okay, it's just, I'm not sure how to explain it, but there's a little bit of a, a formula where you've got the returning superstars and you've got the, the, the big popular red hot superstar you want to win the match. And they mix up so many different ways to keep it interesting. You have debuts, you have some incredible debuts at the Royal Rumble. So you never know what you're going to get, and it's full of surprises. And I think that's what people keep coming back for, is that you really don't know what you're going to get year to year. Yeah, and I, I think uh, the fact that it is year to year and that we don't we only get one Royal Rumble a year, that's that's what keeps it fresh. I think if, if you had a Royal Rumble um, multiple times a year, it, it'd get stale very quickly because, like you said, you watch them back to back and, and you you do find issues with them. You find that they are repetitive. You find that uh, it's a lot of a boring kind of action in terms of people that uh, pretending to throw each other over the top and and punches and kicks and, and, and guys just grappling against the ropes. Uh, but when you only get to see it once a year, you, and you, it, you, it's kind of like fresh in your mind and it, it's something uh, different, I suppose. So I think that's what it is. It's, it's the fact that you only really watch it once uh, a year that, that makes them so exciting. And that's true. Uh, you don't know who's coming out next. So if it is boring, for 90 seconds or so, you're like, okay, well maybe the next guy will come out and it'll be somebody huge. So you never start thinking about this is uh this is really dull. You don't really think like that. But once I started binging these Royal Rumbles one after another, you know, I start to realize like, okay, there are some things that felt like it worked better than others. 
because there are some Royal Rumbles where nobody barely clings onto that top rope. I think it's kind of a, uh, what would you say, like a trope or it's kind of like a cliche of the Royal Rumble where these guys are going to cling on to the top rope. Somebody's going to try and push them out. Well, there are some Royal Rumbles where there's barely any of that and it's the story is better, the action is better. And another thing that's great about the Royal Rumble coming back every year, uh, you also see um, these people that become like very... Um, top guys that are making their debuts. You see them climb up. It's like telling the story of the company as well once you go year to year. So one year you see John Cena makes his first Royal Rumble and you see his jump in popularity from one year to the next year because it's almost like two different people. And so there's a lot of little levels to it. But yes, I think it's up to the talent that comes in there and what they bring to the Royal Rumble each year because sometimes you just need somebody very entertaining to be in the match and you don't care if, you know, it, they're never going to rely on hanging on to the top rope. Let me put it that way. <laughs> that's, that's very, very true. So so with that, um, what is your first pick on your Mount Rushmore of the, the greatest Royal Rumbles? Well, okay, so I learned a lot about the Royal Rumbles as I started to binge through them, okay? And I will tell you this, like some of my favorite Royal Rumbles were the ones where you didn't start off with somebody from the mid-card. It's never a good sign, Mags, when somebody in the mid-card starts the match. You really want somebody that's uh, a big name to start this match off and give you something exciting to start with. You don't want to build up to it. So I will say that. And, uh, you know, I got to a point where I was like, uh, there's that um, on the WWE Network, you can skip to the end of the Royal Rumble where it's just the final four, which is, I'm so glad they put that in there because <laughs> you know, there's a point where you have to hit the eject button because there's like 20 guys hanging onto the top rope. Oh, okay. Let's go to the end and see how it ends. And, uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's a big factor here after you start binging Royal Rumbles. But I will say this, my first pick for the Mount Rushmore is very personal to me and it's the 1998 Royal Rumble. That was my first Royal Rumble as a real hardcore uh, wrestling fan. So this is the era of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and uh, he uh, is the the main focus of this Rumble. But it's not just Stone Cold Steve Austin, but it's also revisiting it. I, of course, I've watched this a dozen times as I was younger, but uh, there's there's lots of little things to it. You know, you've got The Rock in there. And this is also, you know, the of course, Stone Cold is starting to ascend to the top of the company, but so is The Rock. And he's really come into his own at this point. And a lot of people think of his, their big WrestleMania main events uh, between The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. But they were feuding all the way back here at the beginning of 1998, and it was over the uh, Intercontinental Championship. So they were already having these awesome interactions and that was a really fun thing to revisit because now looking back on it you see some inc- some awesome interactions between each other the the rock does the people's elbow in this match all the way at the beginning of 1998 they hadn't even come up with a name for it yet but uh, it's brilliant because I, i've got a clip on my social media the rock does the people's elbow while stone cold's right there and when the rock drops that elbow stone cold jumps on top of him starts laying those hands on him so <laughs> Uh, it's it's wonderful to revisit that. Also, that was the Royal Rumble with the three faces of Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. So you had him enter the Royal Rumble three separate times, which is, you know, as Mankind, as Dude Love, as Cactus Jack. So 
many reasons that I love this Royal Rumble, but like I said, it's my first real Royal Rumble as a wrestling fan. It's a it's a great pick, and it's also one of our one of the the four that I've got for for my Mount Rushmore. Uh, so it it makes absolute sense to to have it as my first pick as well. Uh, what and I love it for a lot of the same reasons that that that, that you loved it for. Uh, the fact that you we get. Um, Austin, who had won the previous Royal Rumble, uh, but didn't quite get his uh, WrestleMania title match, uh, and he ended up with the with the uh, double heel turn, the double turn match uh, against Bret Hart at that at that WrestleMania. Uh, it was clear that Austin was on a a, a meteoric rise uh, in in uh, in the WWF at this time, uh, and. It was. It made all the sense in the world for him to be uh, the guy going into uh, WrestleMania and to to win his first title, uh, his first world title. But yeah, the the three um, the three faces of Foley uh, thing is is really cool. Uh, he gets to to have a a, a battle with his uh, his partner Chainsaw Charlie, uh, a, a Texas get, uh, gentleman Terry Funk. You uh, we get. Um, when the Rock enters the ring, I think he gets hit with a trash can, if I remember rightly, uh, and he he, um, he ends up spending a bit of time outside the ring. But then we get a, a, a period with Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart, who were former uh, uh, allies, uh, having uh, having a, a, a bit of a war. We get Ken Shamrock and The Rock resuming their f- uh, feud from earlier in the year. Um yeah, so I, I I totally agree with you, and the and the finish is is really cool because we get um, the Rock tossing out his uh, his his uh, teammate uh, Farouk, uh, which leaves him to to uh, the devices of uh, of Stone Cold. Um, he gets all oh, his uh, survives actually getting thrown out, only to be uh, uh, hit with a stunner. Um, thrown out of the of the ring, and Austin is the second ever back to back winner of the Royal Rumble. Uh, ironically enough, it would be his WrestleMania opponent Shawn Michaels who was the first winner. So yeah, for for a lot of the same reasons that that you've picked it, I'm going to go with uh, my first because the 1998 Royal Rumble as well. Yes, and so you brought up Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett, and I'm glad you did because this was something that stood out to me about this this Rumble, which is. When I, of course, I don't remember it, you know, uh, like the back of my hand, and that from however long ago, thirty years ago. So now I'm watching, um, I'm watching this Royal Rumble for the first time again, and it's Owen Hart comes out, and I get really excited because, you know, I was really looking forward to seeing Owen Hart mix it up, and uh, you know, having a new appreciation for him that I did not have at the time when he was uh, in his uh, WWE. Uh, career. So here's the thing. Owen Hart comes out. I said, awesome. Owen Hart's here. This is going to be good. Well, Jeff Jarrett ruins that really quick. (laughs) And he runs up and attacks him before he even gets in the ring. And Owen Hart just had a really rough night on this rumble. But you know what? The, the, the funniest thing to me was that Jim Cornette was also there and he was managing uh, Jeff Jarrett at the time. And I said, and I just thought to myself, look at that. Jim Cornette is ruining something in pro wrestling, even way back then in 1998. And I was a little, uh, I was a little hot about that, Mag. So I'm glad you brought that up. But it, you know, it is nice to see some of these legends, you know, interacting with each other, even you know, now that we know what we know and appreciating these people. Absolutely. So seeing as we've both gone with uh, 1998 for our first picks, uh. 
Well, let's go back to you for your second pick, Michael. Okay, well, I think um, the one I want to recommend the most that I would say is like my um, on my Mount Rushmore is going to be the 2008 Royal Rumble. <laughs> wow, it, another gonna, one that I've got. It's going to be interesting to see how we match up. And you know what, Mag? So far, you've got fantastic taste. I will not say. <laughs> I hope I, nobody can disagree with your picks here. So uh, let me just say why 2008 really stands out to me. But you know what? I'm not sure if you bring this up or not, but you talk about skipping on the uh, on the network. You can skip to the final four. You really the story of this rumble starts at the end of the 2007 Royal Rumble, and if you skip just to the final four, you're gonna really be rewarded because it's rated RKO. It's Edge, it's Randy Orton, and it's Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker are the final four of that rumble. Of course, it ends with this incredible sequence between the undertaker and Shawn Michaels. And so what I love about the 2008 Royal rumble is that this match starts with Shawn Michaels and the undertaker renewing this rivalry, which is one of the most iconic rivalries in all of pro wrestling and especially WWE. So I, I just love any chance I get to watch these two men work and uh, create this, this magic that they just have this chemistry so that was one of the big things that stood out to me. Of course, let's see here. This was the one in um, Madison Square Garden. And so there's there was a lot of great moments here. Uh, uh, CM Punk and Cody Rhodes were also in this match, which was pretty cool to me looking back that, oh, hey, CM Punk's here. And then, hey, look, Cody Rhodes is, you know, debuting in the Royal Rumble. So that was another thing. And then, of course, the returns, which we had Mick Foley returning, Roddy Piper uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker was there, but um, of course the big one was John Cena returning at the end of the Royal Rumble. So, excuse me, spoiler alert, John Cena returns. It's a really big deal, and it's such a big deal when he returns, and it's fun to listen to these New York fans. Mags really made this even more entertaining. Like, to give you an example, um, the Great Khali comes out. and For anybody that remembers the Great Khali, this giant seven-foot wrestler, well, the New York fans let him have it, and they start chanting, "You can't wrestle." And that's you don't hear that chant very often, but I really enjoyed that. That was something really funny. They, they the the uh, New York fans have a, a personality to them, and John Cena returning was a big deal. In fact, the New York audience really came alive when he came back. But what's crazy is they wanted to boo him, but then again, they were really excited that he was back. And it was this really fun dynamic between him and Triple H at the end, which made this Royal Rumble really stand out to me just for the entertainment value. And I think a solid all the way from start to finish. Yeah, again, it's a great pick. And it's uh, for a lot of those reasons, it's, it's why it's made my list. Um, what I would add is... Um, uh, because it was at Madison Square Gardens, I think it was uh, the last uh, Royal Rumble that was from Madison Square Garden was the 2000 Royal Rumble. So they, they'd spent almost a decade away. Um, what you get is that amazing uh, visual of of the the entrance ramp is actually facing the hard cam. So you don't need the the kind of cutaways to see who's coming in 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 into the uh, into the Royal Rumble next. You literally can s- still see the action, but then also see who's coming in. And if you if you remember back to last year's Royal Rumble, uh, the, we actually missed a few spots because of uh, of the the ways that uh, the the cameras 
cut. So I really kind of appreciated being able to see all the action as well as uh, the the entrance to the Royal Rumble. Uh, again, like you mentioned, the, the call back to uh, uh, the previous Royal Rumble with uh, Taker and Shawn Michaels uh, starting at one and two. Beautiful, uh, just really well done. Uh, um, Parper and Snooker's uh, appearance, uh, kind of like another callback to their their feud uh, from the 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 late eighties. Um, that I thought that was really well done, uh, and the way that uh, Kane uh, dumped both of them out and they still carried on fighting down the down the the aisle uh, was a, a great touch. But I think. Uh, you you really kind of hit it uh, hit the nail on the head when you said that a lot of the action comes at the end and it's it's not until we get to around I think uh, Triple H comes in at twenty nine starts um, basically cleaning house up and then when the the countdown for for thirty happens and and we hear uh, John Cena's music uh, this is a guy who was injured I think in October of two thousand seven. Uh, he had a, a, a torn pectoral muscle and he was expected to to be out well past WrestleMania. So the fact that he was he was uh, back for for the Royal Rumble and and for him to be in the in the kind of build up for WrestleMania is it, it it's no wonder why this guy gets called Super Scenery. His, his recovery time is is just not human at all but when he comes into the ring um cleans house we get a, i think we get a final three of it. it's uh triple h batista and cena are all going at each other um batista ends up being uh eliminated um then uh triple h uh tries to eliminate um uh cena uh cena is able to counter the 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 pedigree um then we get a Cena doing the FU out of the out to um, to Triple H to win the Royal Rumble. It totally crowns this uh, rapid return from injury. Really, kind of made Cena stand out as a huge star, um, and he actually broke the record for the shortest amount of ring time that uh, that someone's had to win a Royal Rumble. Uh, the record was held by Brock Lesnar from I think the two thousand and and uh, one uh, Royal Rumble. Or maybe no, sorry, the 2002 Royal Rumble, uh, and Cena broke that record with eight minutes and 28 seconds of ring time. Uh, ironically, that record would then get beat two years later by uh, one of Cena's bitter rivals, Edge. So yeah, uh, we're going two for two here, Mark. So my second pick is also the 2008 Royal Rumble. <laughs> Okay, so the question is, Mags, has anybody ever gone four for four where you just matched up on every pick? Two is the most. You've you've tied the most so far. Oh my gosh. Well, uh just just for the listeners to know we did not uh collaborate on this. We were we're revealing our picks live as Absolutely. we record this. There's there's no like uh coercion. I don't know what the word <laughs> is for it is. There's it's I'm nervous for what your third pick's going to be because uh we're either going to continue this amazing streak or it's going to, it's going to be like a damp squib. Okay. Well, <laughs> I do think we could possibly go three for three for four, but I don't think we're going to go four for four, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you my next pick. Uh, it's going to be a little bit in a different direction. And that is the 1990 Royal rumble. Oh, we've, we've broke the streak. We broke the streak. Well, look, <laughs> there's still one more pick. We could still, we could still go for the record of Absolutely. three out of four. Okay. 
But I want to say for fans that grew up uh, as, uh, as, as kids, as wrestling fans, whether you were uh, however old you were, but there's this classic era of WWF, WWE, whatever you want to call it, but it's the, the classic wrestlers that we all know from uh, growing up. The, the Hulk Hogan's, the Ultimate Warriors, the, the Macho Man's. And I got to say, if you, had, if you just wanted to go back and see the perfect Royal Rumble that represents all of those classic um, retro-style uh, talents, I think the 1990 Rumble is a great place for you to go to get that. You're going to get all these classic wrestlers. It just seems like they were all in this right place at the right time. I could go over the list of them, but, you know, of course I've got it pulled up right here. But you name one of those classic wrestlers from the late 80s and the early 90s. There's a pretty good chance that they are in this match. And I think it's a very easy recommendation for somebody that wants to take a trip down memory lane and see all of their favorite wrestlers from that era. I think the 1990 Royal Rumble is a great place to go. It's a a, a great pick. Like I said, it's not one that that I... That I had on on my list, but yeah, uh, the the star power uh, back then uh, in in the the late eighties, early nineties, uh, especially with how we consumed wrestling back then, it was uh, it was pretty much uh, you got what you were given kind of thing. There were it was. Uh, when it comes to these big shows, they were one uh, for a year. It wasn't like we get now where we get pay-per-views month after month, where we get kind of a superstar versus superstar matches on on main uh, weekly programming. Back then, it was literally jobber matches, uh, and then the 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 stars didn't really kind of face each other until events like this. So, yeah, the 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 star power in this match is 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 absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it's a it's a, a great great pick. Well, I appreciate that, Mags. It's just uh, yeah, you you could name name two out of three of your favorite wrestlers from that era. They're probably in this match. And I want to clarify for anybody uh, listening that this is not the Royal Rumble with Ric Flair in it. That was the 1992 Royal Rumble. That was the one Ric Flair went um, all the way as the number one pick. So for anybody that wants clarification, this was before Ric Flair joined the WWF. But I think people think of the 92 and the 90 uh, Royal Rumbles as the classic Royal Rumbles from that era. This this was the for for even more clarification. This was the 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 one that Hogan won uh, by eliminating. Uh, I think it was Perfect at the end. Um, yes, I believe so. Who, yes, Mister Perfect, who who had an absolute. This was a, a star making performance for for Perfect in this Royal Rumble. And it was one of the the few times that the that the champion had actually entered the Royal Rumble. Um, so yeah, it's a like I said, it's a, a great great pick, but it's not one that I went with uh, for my third pick. Uh, and you've literally just alluded to it. I'm going to go with the the 1992 Royal Rumble. Uh, this was the fifth ever Royal Rumble, and it was actually the first time that the 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 title, the WF title, was was uh, on the line as a prize for the winner. Uh, that's something that uh, would only happen again in 2016. I think when Triple H won uh, the the title for the 14th time. Uh, but this whole event was was built around making Ric Flair um, front and centre of the company. Uh, obviously, uh, we'd had the Hogan era, uh, and the WWE were, were kind of looking to build 
Hogan versus Flair because they were the two biggest stars in the wrestling world back then. Uh, unfortunately, it never kind of panned out in, in uh, the WWF, and it wasn't until they were both in uh, WCW later on in the career that we actually got that, that feud. But uh, all the way through the event, we see Bobby Heenan kind of... Uh, angling for news about Ric Flair. He'd he'd aligned himself with Flair uh, around SummerSlam of 1991 uh, when he was uh, pushing the arrival of uh, the real world's champion. And it was one of the first times that WWF had actually acknowledged uh, another wrestling company with uh, Flair coming in as the the uh, the, the NWA uh, world champion, um, and they they showed the the title on on a lot of WWE programming you know, at that time, which is something you would definitely not get in this kind of a, a WWE era. They they're not ones for acknowledging that they've got um, wrestling rivals. But like I said, this was this show was all about uh, putting over uh, Ric Flair as the, as as the a main guy in the company, and it also had like a secondary purpose of, of building uh, Sid Justice as uh, as a heel. He had uh, he'd be coming back to the company as as, as a babyface. He was the the referee for the um, for the. Uh, Hogan and Warrior versus uh, the uh, Iraqi sympathizers of Sergeant Slaughter, General Adnan, and uh, Colonel Mustafa match at SummerSlam, and and the WF are looking to to turn him heel, ready for his match against uh, against Hogan at WrestleMania. But this again, like the 1991, was a was a star-packed WrestleMania. I mean, you, we started with uh, Bulldog and, and Million Dollar Man as uh, the first two. Uh, entrance, which is just shows the kind of uh, the level of star power that was in this match, and then we get the likes of of Haku, um, Tito Santana, Texas Tornado, uh, Roddy Piper's in this. Uh, Repo Man, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, is, is in yeah. it. Uh, we get the Undertaker in a, a number twenty, um, who, who had, had recently been. Uh, world's champion and and was uh, kind of like part of the the controversy that set this matchup of a, of the title being being on the line. Um, so going, this is kind of a different to a lot of Royal Rumbles in that we get a big uh, a big amount of our wrestlers kind of sticking around till the end. Normally we get like a periods where a lot of the wrestlers are cleared out, uh, but uh, we don't get that until um, Hogan comes in. Uh, and then uh, once Hogan uh, come in, uh, he had a bit of a battle with Flair, but then he started tossing uh, bodies out left, right and centre. Then we get Sid coming in uh, and the, the, the crowd absolutely erupted for him. I think he came in at 20 arm. He uh, he eliminated Hogan, which uh, was a massive, massive shock. And, and then Hogan showing, that even though he was uh, the say your prayers, uh, eat your vitamins guy back then, he showed a little bit of a heel uh, work when he grabbed uh, Sid's arm, allowed, which allowed Flair to uh, to sneak up and, and dump uh, Sid Justice out and, and win the, the Royal Rumble with a record-breaking time of 62 minutes in the... In, in in the ring uh, and I think the thing that really kind of cements this as one of my favourite Royal Rumbles is that uh, we get the uh, the title presentation uh, by President Jack Tunney and we get uh, an amazing promo from Ric Flair where he goes on about uh, the 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 only title in the wrestling world that means you are the man is the the, the WWF title and the, uh, basically being the champion uh 
puts gives him a tear in his eye. And then we also get the amazing comedy gold of a mean Gene Auckland telling someone off camera to put a cigarette out, which I thought was a real <laughs> kind of uh that way in, in a, such a like an emotional moment for for Ric Flair, but yeah, for my third pick, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with the the 1992 Royal Rumble. Well, if we couldn't pick on the same, uh, if we couldn't land on the same Royal Rumble, at least we're kind of in the same era. So I would say like we're <laughs> si- still in a similar state of mind. And I love Absolutely. listening. To, I love listening to you. You know, talk about the 92 Rumble because there is a lot to love about it. Uh, you mentioned the uh, Hogan moment where he pulls uh, he pulls somebody out when you know at the end when he got eliminated he basically throws a tantrum and it's funny yeah. looking back yeah he was the say your prayers eat your vitamins kind of guy but you know what looking back it's kind of like well now that was actually more the uh, real life Hulk Hogan coming out there if he can't win he's gonna throw a fit so that's kind of funny and I think. What really made that rumble stand out, like you mentioned, Mags, is the fact that Ric Flair is uh, such a star in this match. And when you think of WWF or Ric Flair, you don't really think of him as a WWF wrestler. You think of him from the NWA or you think of him from WCW. And I think that's what makes this match stand out even more is that this was the like maybe Flair's shining moment in the WWF, in his brief run in the uh, WWF back then. Uh, and uh, they they really ran with it. And it is a shame that we didn't get Hogan versus Ric Flair at a WrestleMania, two of the biggest stars of that, uh, of that decade. So uh, I heard that they were not happy with the ticket sales to the house shows at that time when Hogan and Ric Flair were um, wrestling each other. But here's the thing. If you had put Ric Flair on the mic and you had had Hogan out there, they would have sold that match. I don't want to hear that people didn't buy tickets to the show in Poughkeepsie. You know what I mean? Let Ric Flair cut a promo on Hulk Hogan and people are going to love it. So uh, there's a lot to love about that that rumble that you just brought up. And uh, like I said, at least we're kind of in the similar timeline here going forward into the fourth pick. Absolutely, definitely in the in in the same ballpark, and uh, the 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 winner of your Royal Rumble is is very much part of the storyline of the winner of this Royal Rumble. So there, there's definitely kind of like similarities there, and it's uh, it is it's really interesting that Flair only had a really relatively short run in the WWF. Uh, around this time, and it, it wasn't, it didn't come back to the company. I think until the invasion angle, or till the the uh, the end of the invasion angle, almost. So yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's it's interesting that he only had such a short run, but he's is one of the the greatest uh, wrestlers of all time, and um, again, another wrestler who kind of shows that you maybe don't need to to go to the WWF to to be uh, considered one of the best. Yes, uh, Ric Flair's reputation precedes him, and uh, this is the fact that he did have success in the WWF as well as the other companies that he worked for just shows to how successful he was throughout his career. And even going into the WWF and winning this Royal Rumble, it's definitely a moment in time to be appreciated because it wasn't that long that Ric Flair did spend in WWF, and it's a really cool moment to see him interacting with all these people from the WWF that you weren't used to seeing Ric Flair work with. So I think that definitely makes it stand out and it's a great pick Mags. 
Thank you very much. So uh, let's see if we can go uh, three for four with uh, with your fourth pick. Well, this is going to be interesting, Mags, because I feel a little bit of pressure here that we, we, we could set the record. <laughs> and uh, you know what? I think I picked a pretty popular one, but this one was so fun from beginning to end. Uh, there were so many interesting moments. Um, you could say there's a lot of top stars in this, but it's the 2001 Royal Rumble. Yes. We did it. Yes. Did we do it? Three for four. Wow. We set the record. <laughs> wow. Okay. A record that I do not think will ever get broke. Well, I'm I'm honored right now, Mags, that we broke the record. And you know what? That's okay. Uh, I, I love that. But let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you why I love the 2001 Royal Rumble because this was one uh, I believe I was watching on Saturday, and I was uh, live tweeting about it as I was watching it. I was having so much fun watching this match. And it wasn't one of those where, like I said, the guys like to hang on to the top rope. This just was built to where each person that came out added something to the match. And it's so rare after you watch so many of these Royal Rumbles. First off, uh, before we get get done talking about the Royal Rumble talk, I got to mention this. You know when I said I stopped watching wrestling around the time that Stone Cold and The Rock and all of those guys left? Well, yeah. you know who took their place? Bradshaw, JBL. <laughs> okay. And I got to tell you, Mags, personally, JBL is my least favorite wrestler of wow. all time. Uh, I believe he, <laughs> I believe he took, I believe he kind of ruined the business there for a lot of guys, but I, I, I that's my personal feelings. But uh, let me just say this. I, every time that Bradshaw would come out and he came out in every single one of these rumbles for his, you know what I mean? Every year, Bradshaw's going to be in there somewhere. And, you know what? So I would immediately put a bounty out on Bradshaw as soon as he would enter any Royal Rumble. And I wanted to bring this up to you because, you know, this was one of the things like, oh, no, Bradshaw's here. But then I would start rooting for it. who's going to throw him out, you know, so then I would look forward to that. And that was a, just a little extra thing that I enjoyed about the Rumbles. And let me give you a Royal Rumble fact while we're here. Billy Gunn was able to eliminate Bradshaw in two separate Rumbles. So awesome. Billy Gunn gets my Call Up the, Wrestling Royal Rumble MVP award, the, Mr. Billy Gunn. In fact, I tweeted that. Too. we didn't know we needed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so I tweeted that out to uh, the account Billy Gunn Fact. I figured that they would appreciate that. All they tweet about is Billy Gunn every day. Yeah. And I said, let me send that to the Billy Gunn Fact account. And uh, they, were, they definitely used that. And anyway... So Billy Gunn's one of my standouts from this era of Royal Rumbles because just for some reason, maybe that was the only person that um, that Bradshaw would um, let him eliminate him. Because if you know anything about Bradshaw, he's like this tough guy, you know, uh, brawler, uh, shoot fighter. You know, he's a, a, a big, bad dude. So um, one of my favorite ones, I, I think it might have happened in the 1998 Rumble. I'll go back to that for a second, Mags, because, you know, um, Kurgan, for people that remember mm-hmm. Kurgan, uh, this was one of my favorite moments. I saw Bradshaw come out. I was like, oh, no, Bradshaw's here. But guess what? Kurgan was Bradshaw's kryptonite. This is this is brilliant. I'm, I know I'm going down a side rant about Bradshaw, but I had to throw it out there. This was one of my favorite experiences of binging these Royal Rumbles. Kurgan was, a, was just as uh, – he would refuse to sell just as much as Bradshaw would. So now they're, they're just canceling each other out. And it was so fun to see. So if you do check out the 1998 Royal Rumble, please 
Stick around for Kurgan versus Bradshaw. Pay close attention because for somebody Root like for me, Kurgan. Uh, yes, that's it's random that you end up rooting for Kurgan in the middle of the Royal Rumble, but we all have our reasons. But let me get back to the 2001 Rumble. I know we're trying to get to somewhere here, but I, like I said, I had to bring up the fact that um, if you see Bradshaw come into a Rumble Royal Rumble, just know that I'm rooting for whoever is going to throw them out. Give them a WrestleMania title shot. I mean, I give them that. something. Anyway. I love your hatred for, for Bradshaw as, as, as turned into a storyline. That's brilliant. Yes. Uh, like I said, <laughs> I put out, a, I put out a bounty on him. It's like, so whoever throws him out, I will PayPal them $100 immediately just to say, thank <laughs> you. and, uh, anyway, but regardless, uh, so, was, so technically you owe Billy Gunn $200. That's very true. And I even, uh, I even <laughs> tweeted, I even tweeted at Billy Gunn. I even tweeted at him like, Hey, congratulations, Billy Gunn. And I gave him a little trophy emoji. So hopefully that's worth more than the $200 that I'm yeah. probably not going to PayPal Billy Gunn. And I think he's, <laughs> I think he's doing okay without it, but it was a fun thought. Like, look, I don't know what it's going to take to get this guy out of here. Uh, but I hope Billy Gunn is listening to this episode and he DMs you with his PayPal details. You know what? I may have to pay up. You know, I, I like to say I'm a man of my word, but um, anyway, so I did I did get in contact with Billy Gunn. He does have my, my Twitter handle, so we'll see if he comes to collect. I'll let you know, you know, so anyway, but uh, that was fun, just kind of rooting against Bradshaw. And uh, I, I, I can't even tell you, I don't have a lot of great reasons why I don't like him. I just don't like him. I don't like his attitude. I don't like that, yeah. you know, he ended up becoming the most successful wrestler. Uh, I don't like that he bullied Mauro Ranello uh, when Mauro was on SmackDown and mm -hmm. made Mauro want to quit working wrestling commentary, uh, you know, just permanently retire from that. There's lots of good reasons to not like Bradshaw. I'm just yeah. going to say, I've been, I've been keeping track. So anyway. It's good that Kurgan came in there and taught him a lesson. So, uh, <laughs> I'm Billy anyway. Gunn. Yes, and Billy Gunn. And thank you. Thank you for that. So uh, one of those um, rewards, by the way, Billy Gunn would have to split with the Road Dog because it was the New oh. Age Outlaws. That uh, So I don't know. Do I, owe, do I owe Billy Gunn 200 and I owe Road Dog 100? Or does Billy Gunn split at 50-50 with Road, with Road yeah, Dog? I think it's 50-50. I think okay. Road Dog may tap you up for fifty dollars. Uh, yeah, he'll say, "Oh, you didn't know. You owe me fifty dollars because I grabbed one of those legs <laughs> in the Royal Rumble." So uh, anyway, but it's it's it was fun for me while I was binging this. Some of these times, Mags, when you're watching a boring Rumble, Royal Rumble, you come up with your own like, "Okay, what's going to get me excited here?" And it was, please somebody throw Bradshaw out. Just that's that was it. But. Uh, Anyway, Bradshaw was in the 2001 Royal Rumble, by the way, and uh, I couldn't tell you who eliminated him. I don't have it written down in my notes, but uh, I will say, you know, you probably have a lot of notes on it as well, but it, like I said, everybody that came into the Royal Rumble added something to it. It wasn't just, let's cling on to the top rope until the Undertaker comes here. It was, each person was, it, it just had so much little details to it, like how uh, Drew Carey comes out. And then Kane comes out. But before Kane can get to Drew Carey, uh, Raven comes out. And it, oh, so on and so on. In fact, at first I was thinking, I wonder if Paul Heyman is booking this Royal Rumble. Because there were so many ECW uh, superstars 
in this match. It was uh, Taz and and Raven and Al Snow and so many of them that came from ECW. I was like, I wonder if Paul Heyman is booking this. But then Taz comes out. And, you know, Taz was like the biggest badass in all of ECW during his run. And he got thrown out immediately when he got in the ring. I was like, nope, I don't think Paul Heyman is booking this. And I, that made up my mind. So anyway, there's a lot of great stuff here. I'm sure you have a lot of great things to say about it. Uh, it's also um, our truth in his first Royal Rumble, which is wild that all the way back in 2001, our truth was working in the WWE. And I thought that was really cool. So just little things like that. William Regal showing up. Of course, William Regal, the man's man, okay, was here. But he wasn't the uh, lumberjack in this one. I believe he was still royally uh, Sir William Regal. So uh, thank goodness for that. But, Max, I'd love to hear what you think about this 2001 Royal Rumble. Why do we agree on all these Royal Rumbles? Did you just, like I said, you have fantastic taste, sir. As do you, as do you. Um, for for context, Bradshaw was eliminated by the Undertaker. Oh well, thank you, Taker. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> so you wore the dead man a uh, uh, hundred bucks as well. All right, I'm gonna have to look for some fine print in this contract here. Okay, it was, it was a one year, one time only elimination. Uh, yeah. So uh, hey, uh, more power to the to the dead man, and I appreciate him very much for for anything he did to get Bradshaw off the TV screen. <laughs> um, and. The the reason why I've gone uh, for this round, again, uh, like a lot of your reasons, is just the the amount of star power. But I think that when you're leading to what is what ends up being arguably the greatest WrestleMania of all time in WrestleMania 17. Uh, the Royal Rumble is kind of like the start of uh, of that WrestleMania season, and you need a good Royal Rumble to to kind of set that stage. And I think that this Royal Rumble does that perfectly. It obviously lays the the groundwork for the WrestleMania uh, uh, main event. But what it also did for me is it kind of like elevated and and solidified the star power of of what would end up being one of uh, wrestling's greatest uh, big men in Kane. I think Kane's performance in this Royal Rumble is is absolutely exemplary. The, he broke almost all Royal Rumble records with the amount of people he, he threw out. Um, the entry of Drew Carey at number five was actually the first ever time that a celebrity uh, had entered the Royal Rumble. Um, and the reason why he got thrown in the Royal Rumble, uh, going back uh, earlier on in the show, is that Vince thought he was hitting on Trish Stratus, who uh, was Vince's mistress at that time. Uh, but uh, we get a little bit of comedy when uh, when Drew attempts to uh, shake Kane's hand and then he also attempts to bribe him. Um, goes for a ch- Kane goes for a choke slam, but he's, uh, he's stopped by Raven um, and that gives Drew the chance to eliminate himself uh, away from mm-hmm. the match. And there's, there's a period in this match where Kane actually eliminates six people in a row uh, with, with, with no one else getting any eliminations in between. I think it's Brian Christopher, Al Snow... Raven, uh, Perry Saturn, um, and and the Honky Tonk Man, and the streak is actually broken by the Rock who uh, who comes in. He and he um, he eliminates the the Good Father, and yes. then Kane. Then Kane carries on eliminating when he did the elimination you mentioned with, with Taz. I think Taz was only in the in the ring for for ten seconds, uh, so that really kind of like put the, an end to Taz being this. Uh, 
this uh, ECW force. Um, but the the whole the whole issue of this this match was to to make Austin uh, be able to to challenge for that for that title uh, uh, um, at WrestleMania. And and that's exactly what we got. We uh, we actually got Austin in at number twenty seven, and and just as he was uh, about to to enter the match, he's blindsided by Triple H, who uh, who got revenge for Austin, uh, costing him the match earlier in the night with uh, with his uh, his title match against Kurt Angle. Uh, we have Rock. Uh, Kind of uh, in and out of the ring, he's uh, attacked on the outside quite a few times, and he spends a lot of time uh, outside of, of the ring. Uh, and then we get a final four of uh, The Rock, uh, Billy Gunn, your one of your heroes of wrestling, yes, <laughs> Kane, <laughs> and 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 Steve Austin. Unfortunately, Billy, for all his good work with Eliminated Bradshaw, he's he's eliminated quite quickly uh, in this. And then we get um, The Rock and Austin going at each other. Uh, and they throw Kane through the ropes, which means he's obviously not eliminated. He comes back in um, and uh, he uh, uh, tries to eliminate both Rock and Austin, but uh, it's only the Rock that ends up getting eliminated, whilst Austin is is able to to use that wily tactic of holding onto the ropes. Uh, then we get a, a little bit of actual uh, wrestling between the two, uh, and then Kane goes outside to grab a steel chair, uh, Austin avoids the chair shot, hits a stunner, and then as Kane gets up, Austin just levels him three times with the chair and clotheslines him up. And uh, with that win, Austin is uh, he won his third uh, Royal Rumble. It's actually it's a, still a record for the amount of wins from a Royal Rumble. And, and like I said at the beginning, it led into arguably the greatest WrestleMania of all time with uh, WrestleMania 17 and uh, The Rock and Austin. So. Yeah, for me, there was uh, there was only one uh, number one pick for for the the best Royal Rumble, and it's it's the two thousand and one Royal Rumble. Well, I'm so impressed that we had all the same picks because, like I said, we didn't discuss this beforehand, and uh, it just so happened that you and I were very similar minded here with our picks. And uh, there are more good Royal Rumbles than this. There's more than four, but it's cool just to kind of figure out, you know, what. What's entertaining about a Royal Rumble and the 2001 uh, Rumble was just entertaining. It's not about uh, great matches or, you know, however you want to put it, but uh, there's a lot of little elements to it. It's the comedy, it's the, the action, and it's definitely not boring. And so it's, it's great when you can watch one from start to finish and just love it and just look forward to what happens next. And just standing alone as a match on its own. I definitely think the 2001 uh, Rumble is a very easy recommendation. So you talk about Billy Gunn. Uh, one more thing about Billy Gunn. You know, later on in the Rumble, he starts uh, in WWE, he starts going by the nickname The One, Billy Gunn. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking that's how he got the nickname was because he was the one who eliminated Bradshaw so many times. So <laughs> just throw that out there. Okay. I'm, I'm actually going to make it a, a point to go through all Bradshaw's Royal uh, Rumble appearances. And and find out actually who eliminated him in each one of them. And are you gonna are you gonna tweet them and say, uh, hey, why don't you holler at um, Metal Michael? <laughs> I think he said he would pay you a hundred dollars if you eliminated Bradshaw yeah. <laughs> in two thousand and twenty one. So oh, anyway. <laughs> I, I hope Bradshaw's not being in like thirteen Royal Rumbles and you all thousands oh. and thousands of dollars out. <laughs> no, that that was definitely a one time deal. Wrestlers are uh, it, it's. Uh, 
He'll pay you in yen. You got a hundred yen. Now Billy Gunn absolutely is entitled to at least a hundred dollars for <laughs> for for eliminating him twice. I will say that. So, um, but anyway, as far as the uh, the two thousand and one Royal Rumble goes, yeah, it's a great pick, and uh, I, 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 it's really incredible that we we set a record here. And, and speaking of records, Mags, I decided to go ahead and look up who has the most career eliminations. It's not a big surprise. It's Kane. He has the yeah. most eliminations of all. Royal Rumble competitors, according to ESPN.com, people, this is ESPN.com says he has 42 career eliminations. I don't even know who second place is, but you would think Kane would have the record from all those Royal Rumbles that he participated in. Yeah, uh, and I think if I remember right there, uh, Chris Jericho has actually got the longest amount of ring time in the Royal Rumble as well. Oh, really? Well, I yeah. love that we're dropping Royal Rumble facts here uh, on the Badlands. And so we'd <laughs> be also the Mount Rushmore of uh, Royal Rumble stats. <laughs> Why not? Now, oh, okay. Mags, can I throw out my honorable mention really quick? Absolutely. Well, really quick, I want to say, you know, there's definitely different eras of WWE. Uh, like I said, we've got the classic era, we've got the attitude era, we've got the ruthless aggression era. But, you know, uh, if you're looking towards like the most recent years of Royal Rumbles, I want to throw out as an honorable mention the uh, 2018 Royal Rumble. And it's basically based on the final four alone. And I want to bring that up because if you go to the 2018 Royal Rumble and uh, you skip to the end, it's uh, Finn Balor, it's Shinsuke Nakamura. It's John Cena and it's Roman Reigns. And this is very interesting at this time because you get to see how popular, how excited the crowd was for Shinsuke Nakamura. That's mm -hmm. who they were rooting for at the time. I would even go as far to say that this was Shinsuke's peak of popularity in the WWE because we know what happens after he he wins this Royal Rumble, Mags. And if you poll all these uh, wrestling fans on Twitter today and say who won the 2018 Royal Rumble. I don't think they would remember that Shinsuke won a Royal Rumble and went on to face AJ Styles at uh, WrestleMania, which is sad because that, that tells you how bad they messed up with Shinsuke Nakamura. Okay. Yeah. And I, but, but regardless, what's awesome about the 2018 Rumble, that final four, uh, you could root for any of these guys to win. Of course, People were tired of Reigns at this time and Cena. So then you still had Balor and you still had Shinsuke. And this this was also the rumble that Balor goes all the way coast to coast, um, starting at number two in the rumble. So if you're a Finn Balor fan, that's got to be great. And, you know, so you're like, hey, look, there's two new guys that we love that could go to WrestleMania versus the two guys that always go to WrestleMania. And this creates a really cool dynamic. So I wanted to throw that out there as my honorable mention uh, the 2018 Royal Rumble. And I think out of all the fans that watch WWE at this current period, I think as we go as we go forward, I think people will look fondly back at that moment and that Royal Rumble as this modern era and uh, one of the times they got it right. Yeah, and I think um, and another Royal Rumble that, that we, we could easily bring up is is from the same same card, the uh, the Women's Royal Rumble, where uh, Asuka... Uh, won the Royal Rumble and and went on to challenge for for the the world title at WrestleMania. That was kind of the first time that WWE have really uh, acknowledged the the impact of uh, of uh, 
wrestling from Japan. Uh, usually, when wrestlers come into uh, from Japan uh, into the WF, they they kind of like quickly go on to the undercard. And now I know that that really happened with uh, with Shinsuke, but with Asuka, she she's been at the top of the the card. Uh, since the, since being in NXT, and she's she's obviously still currently a champion. So it it, it shows uh, kind of just her, the the influence that that uh, that Japanese star wrestling is, is having on on the the company uh, nowadays. Yes, and I look forward to the women's Royal Rumbles just as much as I look forward to the men's now, uh, because mm-hmm. you always not just the surprises, but just the fact that there's so many talented women that work under the uh, WWE uh, organization. So uh, ne- I always look forward to those. And uh, d- like I said, it's definitely uh, – def- those women definitely deserve to have a rumble of their own considering how many incredible women are on this roster between Raw and SmackDown and NXT. Absolutely. Uh, well, this has been uh, so much fun. Uh, the fact that we hit three out of four is uh, – it's just outstanding that we had such similar picks, and even though the one where we we just missed the mark, where we're only out by two years. Two years, uh, co- considering how long the Royal Rumble's been been going, that's that's phenomenal. Uh, it's uncanny. Some, yeah, I, it's something that I don't think we will will get repeated on on Badlands, but you never know. Uh, I'm sure uh, when you uh, when you have the chance to uh, revisit Badlands, I wonder if we can go for the record of four and four, be the first uh, the first to ever do it. Yes, well, uh, so does Paul put that in the record books? Well, it'll, it'll definitely be going in in the Badlands record books. You can uh, you can be rest assured of that. Um, but I won't be making an, an offer to to give wrestlers a hundred dollars if they can come in and, and beat it. That's for sure. Yes, that's probably <laughs> not a good idea. If you expand it out to the the twenty years of these guys working, yeah. So if Bradshaw's been in ten Royal Rumbles, I'm about to I'm about to pony up a G to somebody. I'm about to, you know what I mean. So maybe I maybe I spoke too soon, but. Like I said, if Billy Gunn hits me up in the DMs, I'm going to work something out. I'll buy a T-shirt. How about that? I'll buy, maybe I can negotiate him down to where I buy a T-shirt from his pro wrestling tea store. I don't know. <laughs> Billy Gunn, let me know, man. But I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, buddy. MVP. You got, the, you got the trophy emoji. You know, that's something. You know, but hey. Absolutely. That's worth its weight in gold. Yeah. So it, it's, it's wild. We got three out of four. Uh, I'm really happy about that, Mags. It's, it was, it's, it's fun. That you know, we we had no idea what we were going to talk about, and uh, we came close to going four for four. But you know, why not? But uh, I'd I'd be glad to come back anytime. And I'm just I'm just glad you picked this topic because I had a lot of fun watching all this these Royal Rumble moments and kind of l- discovering some of them for the first time. Oh, that's that's awesome, and that that's kind of like the point of the show is to to ha- have fun with wrestling. I think a lot of uh, fans nowadays take it uh, a little bit too seriously and get very bent out of shape about wrestling. And the whole point of Badlands is to to remember the good times and also kind of poke fun at, at some of the bad times. So I'm, I'm really glad that you uh, you uh, enjoyed the research and I'm really glad that you in, have enjoyed being on the show. And I'm, I'm even more glad that our picks are, are so similar. It shows that great minds actually do think alike. Uh, but what I need from you now, Michael, is a, a topic for a future guest. What kind of a, a Matt Rushmore would you like to hear somebody come on the show and debate about? 
Well, that's interesting, Mags. You're putting me on the spot here because I really didn't think about it until uh, today about what topic I would suggest. So I'm going to throw one out there, and you tell me if you've already discussed it, and then I guess we'll have to come up with a backup. But, okay, I got you. Um, how about uh, Mount Rushmore of cage matches? It's not been done. That's a, that's a really, really interesting topic because there's been so many different cage matches and so many kind of different varieties of cage matches as well. So it'll be fun kind of uh, looking into that and, uh, and, and picking out four out of the many, many cage matches that they've been. Well, I like to leave it open like that. Yeah, we could say top uh, Hell in a Cell or however you want to call it, but I would like to just keep leave it open because there have been some incredible cage matches over, you know, uh, the the history of pro wrestling. And I would love to hear Mags an episode and your favorite picks on your favorite cage matches. I think that's a pretty good topic. It's an absolutely outstanding topic, and it's one we'll definitely be uh, be bringing up in the in the very near future. Uh, but yeah, Michael, this has been absolutely awesome. I'm so glad that we've been able to to finally get you on on Badlands. Uh, uh, what I'd like from you now is uh, to tell everybody where they can they can find you on social media, where they can find uh, the Call Up Wrestling Podcast, uh, all your all your details, and where they can come and claim that hundred dollars for eliminating Bradshaw. Yes, uh, well, for Bradshaw, <laughs> if he's listening and he wants to block me on social media, he can block me at Metal Michael, which is spelled M I X A E L. Yes, it's spelled with an X, but uh, that's Metal Michael on twitter also the podcast has its own account on twitter which is at call up wrestling so you can always send me feedback or find links to the podcast uh on twitter of course you can look for the call up wrestling podcast on spotify google uh, apple podcast and anchor uh, podcast as well so it's it's out there uh, you can find mags on there we had a great time talking about aew uh, really, really good conversation. I believe that was, mm-hmm. was it, was full, it full gear? I believe it was full gear. Yes. And, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, I'm glad I got you on the show mags. Of course, uh, I look forward to working with you, uh, a lot more in the future and, uh, always, always happy to collaborate with you, sir. The, the pod father himself. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it'd absolutely be an honor to 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 work with you again. I'm sure we'll have you on Badlands uh, again in the very near future. And, and yeah, anytime you you want me back on on the call up, yeah, just give me a shout and I'll be there with bells on. Uh, but yeah, I really appreciate you spending the time with me, Michael. It's been an absolute honor. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you like at DJ Kirby. Follow my uh, absent co-host, uh, Mr. Paul Tully, at Raincounter. You can follow the, the show's uh, Twitter account, at Badlands Pod. Um, yeah, um, what is your uh, favourite Royal Rumbles? Let us know in, in the comments. Uh, thank you all for listening, uh, like, um, liking and subscribing. Um, remember that when we uh, we formulate these Matt Rushmore's, we only have one rule, and that is that you must uh, always use your head. The Chairshot.com. Always. 
use your head. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 